there, campers. While we're gathering around the campfire, we just want to let you know we are not what you would call experts. What we do have is a love for researching and discussing the lore of cryptids, creatures, and an occasional spooky woman that can eat our soul. So if you are in need of immediate help with the chupacabra in your yard, please consult someone else. Also, this podcast isn't for kids. These campfire stories can contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for young campers. Solicitor discretion is advised. everybody to Alluring, our folklore podcast where we tell you the history and legends of different lore and all sorts of stuff from just all over the world. Oh, that's way better. Sorry, I was looking Oompa Loompa, so I got a little distracted. Oompa Loompa? <laughs> yeah, like, I sometimes don't change this light and I look extra orange. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> like Jersey Shore orange. <laughs> it's, not, it's not where it's at. Ooh, all right. Uh, let's get into this. Ryan, you want to tell me what you found alluring? It's been a minute since we've recorded. Well, so my alluring thing is technically hasn't happened yet, but by the time this episode comes out, I think it will have happened. Um, okay. The greatest cinema crossover in history is dropping on July 21st. Um, you guys guessed it, Barbenheimer. Um, me and all my friends, we got shirts, we got cowboy hats, we got, I have the shirt right behind me, one sec, let me grab it. Yeah, I was like, I feel you have to see it, um, if you guys want to see it, you gotta come head over to our YouTube. Barbie in front of a pink nuclear explosion, we're all gonna be wearing it, um, that is the and most- then we got, yeah, black cowboy hats with like pink, like, hearts around it. For Barbie, uh, very excited. That is the for those most who don't know. Thing I've ever seen, Ryan. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> for those who don't know, Barbenheimer is Oppenheimer, and Barbie are coming out on the same day. Um, <laughs> so the plan is black coffee in the morning, Oppenheimer, <laughs> mimosas, then Barbie. Did you make that shirt? No. Okay. <laughs> Like you've been sleeping on these skills, right? <laughs> Why no, am I, I making I can't stuff take for credit the shop? for that? That whoever made that, twenty out of ten. That was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> we all we all just ordered uh, shirts from Etsy people. Mm. Um, very exciting. Uh, yeah, I've been waiting a few months for uh, <laughs> this weekend, and it's finally coming. Man, well, I hope you have the most magical uh, open. You're going opening night then, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> I hope you have the most magical Barbenheimer. Is that Barbenheimer? Yeah. <laughs> I 
Oh, and I got a new Barbie. tattoo. I got a little raccoon. Oh my goodness. Oh wait. Got a little cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. So it was a good couple weeks. Man, I was like, you're you're getting not only ready for a cinematic masterpiece one after another, but you also yeah. got a raccoon tattoo. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you could yeah, it's been a good couple weeks. Uh Oppenheimer's three hours. So really? So that's why we're doing coffee beforehand. Oh, what? Oh, I, I won't ask that. Cause <laughs> but man, kudos to you. That's commitment. I don't think I can yeah. do that. The mimosas will help too. Yeah, I was going to say maybe... It, I think the way you have to do it is you have to watch that one first and then Barbie. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, because then after Barbie, we're going to go out clubbing. <laughs> you know, just to really bring the night to a conclusion. <laughs> I I love everything that's happening. I love that <laughs> shirt. Honestly, that shirt was a work of art. It was so yeah. so beautiful. <laughs> Man, that was a um, great one. Yeah, so what uh what did you find alluring these past couple weeks? Man, I have so much. Um I'll show this one. Uh oh, whoops, Daisy. Um <laughs> the one of the people we did a giveaway with a while back. Uh it's the name is like the cat's meow. Uh, she's nice. absolutely adorable, but she did a Luma commission for me. So she made yes. Luma as like a cute little Loring camp counselor. Adorable. And I love her. She is so fucking talented, and I am like over the moon about it. So that's like my fun, like artsy thing. Um, there is going to be a fan, an art fan page on our website because people have yeah. been starting to participate in our like weekly art drawing things for our episodes on our yeah. Discord, which They've has been, been so good. It's, it's so great. I love it so much. So that's great. But um, something I think that is the most important is how the 4th of July is over. Which means that Halloween is our next major holiday. <laughs> and, oh, honey, I I have pulled out the pumpkin decor. <laughs> have you seen the video of the old lady at Costco? Because Costco put out the Halloween decorations already. And there's this giant, like, inflatable Grim Reaper. <laughs> And she's sitting there in a mobility scooter with a cross, like, screaming at the giant inflatable Grim Reaper, like, like invoking Jesus to, like, come, like, remove the spirit. And I felt bad because it's like, oh, goodness, like, she's having a moment. But it's like, man, some people just aren't ready for Halloween, I guess. This like, is, like, the soonest I've ever seen Halloween stuff in yeah. the shops ever because last year because i do my potter party in like september when like hogwarts yeah. starts right and last year it was like the week before is when i could actually get things to watch yeah like things to add to my decorations and like watch out for stuff but like i went to the store last week and i found pumpkins and i was like i'm not yeah. complaining <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying society's slowly evolving, and I'm quite proud. <laughs> Spirit Halloween's gonna like open next week at this rate. Man, you know, and you know the amount of Barbie costumes this year—it's gonna That's be my beautiful. Plan. 
but man, yeah, I'm Ken doll just... with uh, fedora like Oppenheimer. <laughs> just be cowboy Ken. I'm like that's it. Not a bad idea. That's that's the move. To be completely <laughs> honest. But anyway, I'm really excited. I've already started <laughs> planning my decorations and props for my next parlor party. So, oh yeah, I don't have a problem. I just really, really love Halloween. <laughs> But, there's no shame in that. Yeah, so I'm just ready for for spooky, spooky vibes and good times, you know. Yeah. Um. Speaking of uh, hmm, yeah. Speaking of spooky vibes, uh, let's let's get into this week's episode, shall we? Once I remember to open my soundboard because <laughs> I definitely opened it ahead of time. Transition sound. All right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, what's happening? <laughs> there it is. It's a little technical difficulties with yeah. my camera. Uh, if you if you saw the uh, alluring alignment chart, no, you didn't. Okay. Our audio listeners have I'm no neither. idea what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> they just heard me screaming. I apologize. Um, a temptation, the hellhound, is hunting me down. As I dodge through the woods, backyards, alleys, and streets. On my own best behavior, I search for a savior from haunting reminders of failures and cheats. Oh, whether numbing of pain or avoidance of shame, temptation is truly life's greatest exam. Though I do what I should and I try to be good, temptation, the hellhound, will find where I am. Was oh, the hellhound by R.J. Smith. I bet you you can guess what we're talking about, but tell us anyway, Kimmy, what are we talking about? And that's why our introduction is only two sentences this time. <laughs> so, for from French to German shepherds to Yorkies, dogs come in all shapes and sizes. But what if I told you there is a more paranormal version that is known to visit when death is nearby? What? So, if you look, all our video... Watchers, here is this week's illustration of the spookity oogity hellhound. What a cute little guy. Look at him. He's I'd just, still pet him. I, I try at least. I would boop the snoot. You know, yeah. you got to boop the snoot. <laughs> if not friend, why friend shape? You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and for all of our lovely audio listeners, you can see this image by going to our website, alluring.com, and checking out our blog. Or you can go to our Instagram. Or I need to promote this more because I never promote it. You could go to our Patreon and get oh, yeah. a digital download of this for the month as like okay. a, your phone wallpaper. Or you can get it as a coloring page. So you can get all of your hellhound desires in one, like three places? Three places. Yeah. So, Probably more. This week, we are going to be talking about the dark and mysterious hellhounds. These supernatural dogs have been found in different legends and lore from all around the world. Since... <laughs> I forgot you How long that draws out for? <laughs> I forgot you had that sound effect, too. I was like, oh, I'll be short. I'll just wait it out. And it just kept going and going. And going. <laughs> it's fine. That was my. I'm just going to play it every time you say the word hellhound. <laughs> um, for all those older listeners that wish to spice up their weekend, take a shot whenever you hear the howl. <laughs> we'll see what happens by the end. 
uh, our lawyer just uh, told us <laughs> to tell you that is parody and don't do that. <laughs> Unless you want to. You're an adult. <laughs> we highly encourage you not to. Wink, wink. Um, anyway, <laughs> so since there are so many different tales of these types of supernatural dogs from around the world... For this episode, and the sake of time, we will be focusing on an overarching term of hellhounds from specifically European and American folklore. I want to just keep going. I'm not even going <laughs> to let you finish them. <laughs> so, these creatures have been around for centuries. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it for the reaction. Okay, I'll be. I'll actually follow my notes. Hellhounds. No? No? Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> that one was a little late, but you'll get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so they have been around for centuries, and it seems everyone has their own tale of the supernatural creature. But where do they come from, or where did the legend begin? Well, it's believed they originated from mythology of a guardian or servant of hell. The earliest explanation of these demonic doggies can be traced back to Greek, Norse, Celtic, and Egyptian mythology. So, arguably, the most famous one is the legend of Cerberus, a.k.a. the OG hellhound. Okay. So this giant guy, yeah. So we're going way back in the wayback machine. So this giant creature is known as Hades' personal pet that helps guard the gate to the underworld. Not only, wait, whoops. He not only prevents dead souls from leaving their eternal prison, but he also prevents them living from accessing Hades' kingdom. So. You probably know, I know you know this creature, but you play video games, you know? I feel like yeah. it's a good... Uh, yeah, I mean, I f- also, I watched Hercules growing up. You know, oh, fair. You know... When he feeds him just the giant slab of meat that looked just delicious. You know, I'm such a bad 90s kid, and this is what I get for having a father and brothers that only liked video games. I haven't seen Hercules all the way through. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, I need to... You would like it. I know I would. I know I would, so I'll get on that. But I didn't know it was in it, so there you Mm -hmm. go. There you go. (laughs) So this creature... Modern takes. With Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) If we were more jazzy, that would work. So this creature (laughs) has multiple heads, though many argue that it may have two heads or three or even 50 Three is the most common one seen in depictions of this creature. Um, some believe Severus to have snakes all over his back, which is where the idea of the multiple heads comes from, and to have a venomous tail seeing enemies that get too close. Now, if that isn't spooky enough, it's also been described as a very intelligent creature covered in flames and producing a foul burning sulfur odor. So Yummy. I don't like it. (laughs) So the next one, ooh, I didn't do a pronunciation guide, is Garmer? Garmer? Sure, yeah. Garmer, 
and is a fierce wolf dog from Norse mythology. Much like Cerberus, he also watches over the entrance to the underworld and is known to do so with his four eyes. So the boy's got one head, but he got four eyes on his head. I don't know if it's like a triangle situation or if it's a double stack or if it's a glasses, but boy's got four eyes. Okay. Um, his mistress is the goddess of death, hell, and she keeps him chained to the underworld entrance. Legend says when Garma lets out a loud howl, it will signal the great war, which is the end of the world, a.k.a. Ragnarok. Garma will break loose of its chains and fight alongside the evil giants and monsters against the gods himself. So... I couldn't find a specific story from Celtic mythology, but everything referencing it said it was very similar to Norse mythology. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of overlap in those. Yeah, I was I was reading about it to see if I could go into it, and it's there's so much for it, but generally it's just the gods are different. Yeah. So, like, the dog is the same in both, pretty okay. much, but... The gods they follow in it are different, is yeah, what I understood. Sense. But not a professional, so <laughs> that's what Google told me in the first three pages. <laughs> um, and then the next is An- Anubis. What? How do you say it? Anubis. Anubis. That see that sounds right. So Anubis is a god that appears as a man with a canine head, having the most common thing he was known for being part of funeral rituals so he guarded tombs and conducted the souls to the underworld he was just a friendly pup that would be like come on let's go i'm gonna take you to the next plane of existence so it's important to know (laughs) there are many other cultures around the world that talk about their own version of a hound to help guard or guide people to the afterlife due to the time and how I can't deep dive into each of these, I ended up only picking some that I feel personally related most to Hellhounds and the points we're going to be talking about in this episode. And I tried to do the ones most connected to European and modern day American folklore. Um, The Egyptian one is because as we get into it, Hellhounds do have a lot of protective spirit energy as well. So that's why I pulled that one too. Um, If we didn't cover one, or if you guys would like us to deep dive on any of these, email us as an episode suggestion, because that's the only way (laughs) it will get on our radar in the future. Woo! Okay. Now, knowing these origins, we're going to fast forward in time to Europe, where the earliest written records of hellhounds can be found in the 11th and 12th century Peter's Bross version of Anglo-Saxon's Chronicles. These contained reliable witnesses who had seen packs of dogs with jet black eyes like saucers and horrible, led by a man on horseback in the wild hunt traveling through Peters, Broberg, and Sanfund in the UK. I didn't say that right. <laughs> Anglo-Saxon, like the peoples. The peoples. Ah, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Angelo Saxon, the famous. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that many UK listeners, right? <laughs> what? Because <laughs> uh, I said I totally butchered 
the the Peter Bobro that word I totally butchered it I know that's not right <laughs> it's okay someone knows how to pronounce it right and they could be right so anyway this is me spiraling you guys <laughs> you got this we're doing great <laughs> so hellhounds fixed it in post <laughs> our poor editor <laughs> So hellhounds were also reported in the 17th century witch trials. As messengers of death, they would appear during the trials and howl as a warning that the one accused of witchcraft was going to meet an untimely demise. Some even say they would appear to the execution, specifically of those who were burned to drag their bodies back to hell. (laughs) So, though Europe at the time had a collection of different dog legends or what is more commonly referred to as the black dogs, it was a big part of their their lore. So, black dogs, most commonly known as black shucks, are ghostly hounds known to be a shape-shifting, shadow-like demonic dog that has the ability to take on a human form. These flaming dogs the size of a horse can be heard dragging a metal chain behind it as the sounds of a roaring storm follow. And if that isn't spooky enough, at times they have been seen with a huntsman or the devil riding them, and he points out his next victim. So who does that remind you of? Oh, yeah, the the headless horseman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was doing that so I could take a sip. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But... There's a lot of similarities between this and the Headless Horseman, I feel. Um, Okay. So, anyway, that's just like a fun callback to our older episodes. Uh, Typically, these dogs were vicious and demonic, leading the death of many at the request of their huntsmen. But not all black dogs are evil. Many actually believe them to be protective guardian spirits. Sorry, I'm still getting over my cold. Just a little bit. Aim. So, these dogs were known to watch over and protect toddlers left unattended by their parents. Oh. <laughs> Some would even go as far as leaving their kids in popular black dog locations knowing that they would protect them. That's the one I'm supposed to babysit my nephew. That's what I do. I just, like, <laughs> leave my dog in the room with him, and I'm like, you got this, Pablo. <laughs> So far, so good, you know. Instead of a dog park, it's a toddler park with a dog. dog. (laughs) Just one really stressed dog doing his best. (laughs) He's in the middle, laying there, and has, like, bags under his eyes, just done with everything. (laughs) A single dog who works two jobs. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, like, toddler screens, and the sound that plays in his head is, working not too fast. (laughs) So, not only were they known for watching over children, but they would also watch over and protect travelers on long journeys. Legends of the Black Dog span from Northern England to Central America and in Anglo-Saxon Chronicles and Latin America. So, these puppers are all over the place, kind of thing. Uh, Legends of this demonic dog that serve a demon or even protects others have been part of lore from around the world for centuries. 
From Garma to even Black Dogs, Legends of a Demonic Doggy isn't something new, but what we do know is Hellhounds are a category of their own. Even though they've been seen most similar to Black Dogs from English folklore, Hellhounds have made one hell of an impression (laughs) and have been reported throughout Europe, the US, and South America. Plus, they are very popular in pop culture. We see them in TV shows like Supernatural is a really good example. Uh, Comics, paintings, Hercules. Uh, Mm -hmm. These terrifying creatures are just great literature devices. And we love them and we still use them to this very day. Now, due to all the different encounters of hellhounds around the world, these mystical creatures take on a wide variety of names. I got a handy dandy list of some. And again, this is just focusing on, like, European American hellhounds. Because the list would be too damn long (laughs) if I included them from all around the world. Uh, Do you want to popcorn it? Yeah, you can go first. Okay. Black Chuck. Yeah, the Bargeist. More more like Barkeist, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you. (laughs) The devil dog? The black dog. A demon hound. And the grim dog. And of course, most popular one is hellhounds. And now... I thought you forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Never forget. Um, Now that we got some spooky origins out of the way, I'm going to hand it over to Ryan, and he's going to tell us a collection of first hound encounter lore throughout the century and boy oh boy kimmy has there been a few of them all right this one this might be one of the oldest uh short story (laughs) ones we have um in 1577 in bungay church in suffolk the churchgoers experienced a horrific encounter with this beast firsthand during the day, a snarling beast broke into the church and rampaged through the congregation, accompanied by lightning and sulfur smell. Everyone panicked, as one would, and tried to escape the mythical dog. The creature then clamped onto the neck of two people who immediately dropped dead, and then stormed out just as quickly, leaving the churchgoers to quiver in fear. But guess what? That dog? He wasn't done. The same day... The Black Shuck visited the Anglican Church in Blithburn in the same manner. It crashed into the church with the sound of thunder roaring behind it, then tore into the building, killing two people in the same manner as before, then destroyed the building, causing the steeple to collapse before it left, and left these churchgoers also traumatized. Uh, To this day, it's said that the beast had left scorch marks of its paws on the church's door as a reminder of the black shuck that was sent by the devil that day. <laughs> so if you change the slide, um, this is the like paper or whatever. <laughs> about oh, wow. What happened. And then there's like artist renditions of like what it looked like and the footmark on it. But I really like to think the dog got confused on which church <laughs> he went to the first one and he was like 
shit. <laughs> <laughs> On his way out, he, he's like, this isn't Blithburn, is it? Oh, God. Oh, boy. Fungay. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, Lord. Satan's oh. going to have my head. God, damn it. <laughs> That's why he leaves. Yeah. and he gets up he's like they look the same they're both last names yeah. smith like it's that's just why he didn't that's why he didn't tear down the first church but he <laughs> tore down the second one because he was like all right this was the right one As he halfway was... through killing the second person that's when he came to the realization at the first place he was you know when dogs grab their toy and they like are shaking it like yeah. mid shake he looks out of the corner of <laughs> his eye like... <laughs> he's like well, wait a minute <laughs> He's like, he got a call from the devil on his way to the next one. He's like, hey, how'd, how'd the church uh, destroying go? He's like, oh, yeah, young, great. Just on my way, you know. <laughs> just, uh, just made a little pit stop. I uh, got a little hungry. So, uh, you know, I was on my way doing my job. It's like, I'll, I'll be a little late. Uh, traffic is bad. In yeah. The oh, man. you. There was a carriage accident on the, on the 15. Oof. I saw a squirrel, and I yeah. got to go get him now. So, like... Yeah, so I'll be, don't don't worry. You know what? Uh, you know what those churches needed though <laughs> was uh was the lady from Costco <laughs> just sitting there. Back, back, <laughs> back, hellhound. I need to send you the video. I'm shocked you haven't seen it. It's so. Funny. I need you to it's send me the video. This week. I, that way I can make a meme on it for our page because uh, that sounds just like right up our alley with memes. <laughs> and you know what that dog's going to need after is a lawyer, which is my next story of a lawyer dog. Um, a lawyer and a dog, not a lawyer dog. Uh, in 1574, so, you know, um, this is actually before, so, okay, this is, this is a previous. Um, during the April of 1574, good month, an aspiring London lawyer by the name of Robert Briggs encountered one of these creatures firsthand. The reports say how Robert had committed an unforgivable sin against the Holy Spirit, and that's when everything went south. Um, what do you think the unforgivable sin against the human spirit was? I don't have an answer for you, so I'm just <laughs> wondering what you think it might be. Man, you know, they're very dismissive about adultery at the time. I don't know what would be considered a sin for a white man in the church at the time. I feel like against, uh, but specifically against the Holy Spirit, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> comment below what you think the unforgivable sin was, and on Spotify, I'm, I'm gonna put a little poll of what you think the unforgivable <laughs> sin was. Um, so anyway, after he did that, everything went south, and for three weeks, Briggs experienced extreme emotions of anger and sadness suffered from sensory deprivation and engaged in impassioned disputes with invisible adversaries. One of them was believed to be the famous hellhound. During this three week period, Bridges became extremely paranoid and believed that a horrifically ugly dog with a shaggy blackish red coat was following him. In the reports, he said how the dog brought a sense of dread and had come for him due to the unforgivable sin he had committed. Every evening he walked outside, he was convinced the dog was always close behind him, but no matter who he told, people dismissed it as crazy talk. 
One dark evening, Briggs became so fearful of the dog following him, he panicked and threw himself into the Thames to shake the creature off. He then told the dog how the dog must have been an earthly manifestation of the devil himself coming to haunt him for his sins. Huh. Yeah, it never... The hard thing is I read a lot of court documents and none of them said what his holy sin was. So <laughs> probably like showed some ankle or on accident or something. Man, I think he didn't pay his tithings. Like I feel like 1574, like <laughs> cuz I just feel he got away with a lot, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I really, I have no idea. Do you have any idea of what he could have done? Yeah, he showed his ankle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Obviously. even to this day, I mean, that's pretty, that's a pretty bad one. That's, but, that's you know. up there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Ooh, okay. You keep those, keep those pants to the, to the toes, people. Or no more cuffing those jeans. Yeah, no more, no more cuffing. I'm watching you guys. <laughs> I know it's hot out there, but keep those keep those pants full length, all right? <laughs> Hems to the ground, people. Hems to the ground. Hems to the ground, exactly. <laughs> and bring bell bottoms back. <laughs> all right. This next one, fast forward about 200 and some change years. This is 1745. A woman, Ruth Osborne, Approached a farmer by the name of Butterfield. What a stupid name for some but Butterfield made buttermilk. Oh my god. Approached a farmer named Butterfield for some buttermilk during a time of rebellion. Butterfield, angry by the request. Okay, bro, your name's fucking Butterfield. You can't be mad when someone wants buttermilk from you. It's in your goddamn name. Angry by the request, refused to give the old woman and told her to get. Leaving in a huff, she mumbled under her breath that he would pay for what he did. Over the course of the next few years, his calves became distempered, which resulted in him and his, like, animal calves, not his, like, <laughs> leg calves. Um, which resulting in him having to give up dairy farming. Full of rage, he knew it had to be something with Ruth. And after telling the public house about his encounter with her and what happened to his calves the following year, they attributed his misfortune to, you guessed it, witchcraft. <laughs> it wasn't long until a large mob led by Thomas Colley, a local chimney sweep. Well, that's a, he thought his name would be like Thomas Sweepy or something like that. Uh, they went after Ruth and her husband. I thought the whole thing with witches was like it was always like single women that they're like, oh, you're a witch. And yeah. I didn't realize married people could be witches. Good to know. Pretty much any woman could be labeled as a witch. And if the witch accusation didn't work, they'd sometimes get labeled as a werewolf. So oh. <laughs> it was just trying to do lots of murder. God damn it. <laughs> Um, where were we? Um, Ruth and her husband, though local authorities hid the couple in a local church, they they weren't safe. Tragically, the mob got a hold of them, and the chimney sweep drowned her in a muddy water nearby. New name is now Thomas Drowney. <laughs> um, now, authorities weren't having any of this, because this is 1745. The witch trials were over, people. Come on. 
Um, and they were determined to let everyone know what happened was unacceptable. And though they felt empathy for the rioters, they knew they had to punish someone. There's good people on both sides of this, Kimmy. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> they then took Collie, the chimney sweep, who led the riots and collected money from the rabble for the sport he had shown them in ducking the old witch. So, huh? so what that means is when he, when he, the mob took her to the river and was uh-huh. drowning her, people were paying money for each time he dunked her oh my God. in the water. <laughs> yeah, it was. He, he. We shouldn't be sweeping this under the rug, you know. Yeah. Like, so, so here's a wild little bit. Kali said he was a friend of Ruth and was trying to save her. So, you know, he was like, oh, no, her head's underwater. Let me pull it out. <laughs> again and again. But he just he just couldn't get a grip, so he kept redunking her is what it sounds like. Um, there was contradictory evidence, you don't say. And he was found guilty and sentenced to death. All right. Well, you know, honestly, as far as witch trials go, this one's coming to a happier ending than usual. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next morning, he was hung at the gallows near where Ruth and her husband had... Oh, they killed the husband, too. Okay. So, yeah, they, they drowned her and the husband. They tied the husband to Ruth. Wow. And drowned them both. Because witches don't float. I think that's what Monty Python taught me. <laughs> Apparently, their husbands don't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Ah, that's going to be a joke when I get into heaven that God's going to be <laughs> like, you remember when you laughed at this? <laughs> <laughs> think about that um, yeah <laughs> oh, where was I? okay after this second death so technically third death locals told of a black dog who appeared in the area it was big news big as new oh it was as big as the newfoundland but malnourished the shaggy black-haired creature long teeth protruding from his grinning mouth his eyes glowing like balls of fire this creature never harmed anyone, but did bring a sense of dread every time it appeared and served as a reminder to locals that they could be next if they follow someone's rageful accusations of witchcraft. To this day, legend says the hellhound still lurks around the area and gives unsuspecting travelers a bit of a fright. Fair enough. Again, as far as witch uh, trial stories go, not the worst one. Yeah, it. the worst part is... Girl just wanted some buttermilk. I know. From fucking Butterfield. (laughs) I'm never buying from someone named Butterfield. That's all I know. Curse on you and your ancestors. (laughs) You better believe you're not getting any purchases from him. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone should learn anything from our show, you're either getting dirty jokes or puns. There's like no in between. All right, and this last encounter, we're heading to the Mark Twain National Forest, which has been known as a hellhound spot for modern-day sightings. A Reddit user named Dubious Circle told the story of how he and his dad went to their cabin in the Mark Twain National Forest. After starting up their generator and setting up deer blinds, they heard a loud crash in the woods. This was around 1.30 a.m. They woke up with something crashing against their cabin. Uh, they looked outside but saw nothing. In the morning, while they're, while in their deer blinds, they heard a rustling to the side. He was shocked to see a massive beast with reddish hair only 25 feet away standing upright. This was not a human, naturally. 
Um, over seven feet tall, the hunter ran back to the cabin, uh, but he was being pursued. He turned around and fired a shot at the beast, which was now even more intent on getting him, as the one does. He could hear trees being trampled behind him as he fled to the cabin. His dad picked up the four-wheeler, which likely saved their lives. Woo! Um, maybe uh, stay out of the Mark Twain National Forest. Uh, that's <laughs> the vibe I'm getting from that story. <laughs> it's a little... That's like the most... There's like so many sightings from just this forest of hellhounds. Which kind yeah. of blew my mind, but I thought that one was a little spookity ookity, so I threw her in there. Woo! I believe I have some uh, photos from uh, the Mark Twain National Forest a little later in, uh, <laughs> in the uh, modern takes. This, um, that story did give me lots of the vibes when we played that Sasquatch game a while back on our YouTube. Yeah, we, we need to play that. Like, we still have not caught Sasquatch. We need to. I need to see if I can share it with Edgar, because Edgar's yeah. really good with that we, stuff. We need redemption so bad. <laughs> Give me ziplining back to Bigfoot with nothing but a camera. Pretty game. The, the way Ryan and I play video games are very different from one another. Like... Yeah. We're both playing the Legacy, the Hogwarts one, and I am the most true puffle, Hufflepuff ever. And Ryan told me that I don't have to give people stuff or help them, and I didn't know that was an option. I have bad cadaver, everyone. <laughs> so. I, I put a I put a mod on my Harry Potter game called American Exchange Student, <laughs> where it replaces your wand with just a pistol. <laughs> It's so fucking funny. Stop. That's the funniest shit ever. Man, I play the game so different. I just like saving the animals. <laughs> Looking cute. Yeah. Woo, wow. Oh, I look cute. I just, you know, also. I'm, I'm so strapped, you know? I stay strapped. From the dark arts. You gotta watch out. We should take a commercial break, honey. <laughs> All right. And with that, we'll see y'all on the... F Picture this. You're driving down Nevada's famous extraterrestrial highway when you suddenly see a UFO glide across the sky. And then, bam, inspiration for a design that is out of this world hits you. So you pull over, pull out your sketchbook, and create a work of art. Now, while admiring your creation, it hits you that you could sell this online. But how? Or where do you even start? Well, that's where Printful comes in. Printful is a print-on-demand site with high-quality products, and it's the perfect way to start an online shop. It's super easy to use, and they help you every step of the way. All you have to do is upload your amazing artwork, or even use some of the pre-made designs they have, add it to the products you want, and then add it to your shop. Plus, they provide tons of different high-quality print-on-demand products and ship worldwide. Printful also has ready-made integrations that allow you to connect your Printful to your own store in just a few clicks. They are integrated with the world's top e-commerce platforms, which means you probably already have everything you need to set it up. For the podcast, we use a WordPress site that is hosted through Bluehost, and I was honestly so surprised because it just took a few clicks to install, and then the shop was live on our site in minutes. 
I wasn't shuffling through code for hours, and Printful provided a step-by-step -step guide on their website to help get everything set up. So that means you get more time to work on your alien-inspired artwork and less time stressing over setting up for an online shop. So what are you waiting for? Join Printful today by going to printful.com slash a slash alluring or go to our website alluring.com slash sponsors and click on our Printful banner. Again, that's printful.com slash a slash alluring or go to our website alluring.com slash sponsors and click on our Printful banner and start your online shop today. Hey, what's up? I'm Charlie. And I'm Tyler. And we are Believing the Bizarre, a paranormal podcast that dives into the unknown and the unusual every Tuesday. We discuss hauntings, cryptids, aliens, UFO encounters, conspiracies, and more. And we break down whether or not we find them believable. All right, listen, if you're not paying for electricity, you're not paying for dinner. Saw a terrifying looking face pressed to the window with gaping eyes. I almost reached it when the laughter stopped suddenly and a sound behind me made me turn around. Like, uh, sorry, like I, I was going to do it, but then I got, I got, I had SpaceX. So we got you covered, whether you like horror or laughs or both. We, we actually really hope it's both. With over 3 million downloads, you'll be joining a bizarre community that we promise is more than just Mothman and our parents. We even take creepy stories from our listeners and turn them into episodes. Check out Believing the Bazaar on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Believing the Bazaar, a podcast as bizarre as you are. something really weird and everyone just gets quiet for a second and they just <laughs> they just did an awkward silence for a minute and think about what you just said it's like what i tell my parents about aliens it's the same same yeah. vibes <laughs> well well welcome back campers orion got kicked out of hogwarts so we're going to continue talking about yeah, i got expelled Turns out, turns out they don't allow uh, gats. <laughs> so <laughs> Voldemort comes in, and nobody, and he's blocking everyone's spells. I'd like to see him block this nine. That's oh. all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you were slithered, right? Was that your house? Defen de defense against defense against this forty-five. Am I right? <laughs> I am actually, I believe we asked Waga, I am, believe it or not, a Gryffindor. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. So the, the plug-in makes sense. The American. Yeah, the American exchange student. Yeah, no, it checks out. <laughs> Woo. Oh, that's so great. Okay. Let's get back to serious business. So, um, appearance-wise, the... I didn't even say Hellhound yet. Oh, there it is. <laughs> hey, that's not our picture. 
Oh, I forgot. No, you're just go to the next one. Yeah, there we yeah, go. yeah. That was supposed to be when you did the modern sightings, but I didn't put the purple cube. Oh, well, here's a map of modern sightings for anyone curious. Uh, memorize it. There will be a quiz later. <coughs> All right. Okay. So, appearance-wise, a hellhound's appearance is surely one of nightmares. This demonic-like creature can vary in size from either a large dog to a horse or to a giant dog. <laughs> So what makes them dog-like is how they resemble either a wolf, a rabbit dog, or in some encounters specifically in European folklore, a black poodle. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and the reason for that fun fact is black poodle, not black poodles, but poodles were like the first hunter dogs in the area. So they've been around for quite some time. Um, though their fur is typically back, there are few encounters where they're sporting a dark green coat, their nice. eyes glow red or yellow, and they can sometimes be seen with horns that have a slight red glow to them. Huh. With each step they take, they will scorch the ground under their feet, and as they snarl, fire or smoke will escape their mouth and through their razor-sharp teeth. Now... Before most people even see this terrifying creature, they will smell it. Hellhounds are known for crop dusting, and a pungent smell similar to burning sulfur or burning flesh follows wherever they go. And Yum. it's so foul, some people have been known to choke to death on it. Oh. Which is delightful, right? <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> Crop dusted to death, right? <laughs> so good. But <laughs> so on top of looking like a spooky dog from your nightmares, they also have a surprising amount of abilities. I got a handy dandy list if you'd like to do some popcorn. Sure. Um, go first. Okay. Super strength and speed. Storm summoning. Uh, they are highly intelligent. Killer looks. They uh, they give you the blue steel, and they are just game over. No, a legend says staring into the eyes of a hellhound three times or more will result in that person's death. Um, other legends say seeing it just once is a sign of imminent death. Um, so three times. Are we talking in like three seconds or just like three separate times? Three like, times. You can, so you can stare for as long as you want. That is true. So you can either stare at it or you can look. Yeah. And if you're like, you know what? I'm kind of out, chief. And then you look away and look back and look away and look back. That's three times yeah. right there. Yeah. So you only get three opportunities to so make them count is all I'm saying. Yeah. It's like the ultimate game of chicken. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, next is they can change their form to be a more ghostly or smoke-like appearance. They are hella persistent. When hunting down their prey, they are relentless and won't stop until their prey has met their demise. Think of James from Twilight. Oh, uh, that was that was good. Anyone explain that? That one. Have you have you seen Twilight? I have, but I don't know characters. Do you remember the first one at all? Yeah. He was the guy that looks like he's part of a drum circle. That goes after Bella. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Your disappointment in knowing that. 
<laughs> he has the hot redhead as his bae. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, um, they also have the ability to talk. So there are times where they don't hunt someone, but instead warn them of death. And if they are able to protect themselves from the Grim Reaper himself or not. So they can... What do, sub- you, what do you think a hellhound sounds like? Man, I would love nothing more than to give them a little squirrel voice. You know? I know what I was thinking. What? Like, at the end of the day, they're still dogs, so they're just not very smart. <laughs> but it's kind of just kind of <laughs> dumb. Dumb dog A little high-pitched sigh. I, like... <laughs> Take Brian from Family Neck? Guy, but make it a little less yeah. intelligent. That's where I think his voice would be. <laughs> Brian? Brian, the dog from Family Guy. Oh, yeah. Make okay. him, like, dumber. <laughs> I was thinking Adventure Time. Oh, Jake. Jake. He, his voice yeah. is Jake from Adventure Time. That's the yeah. one. Every hellhound sounds like Jake from Adventure Time. Where yep. it's like, dude, right. you're going to kind of die. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, so, we figured it out. We, we've done it. All the secrets to the universe being uncovered in this hour segment. Um, another thing about hellhounds is how, just like dogs, they are extremely loyal. They will only wow. follow the orders of the demon or entity they serve. It is impossible for them to fulfill their own needs if it conflicts with their master and you can't distract these bad boys by pulling out a stake and throwing it Damn. across the room. I was literally just going to ask. Like, I've met a lot of mean dogs. As soon as you give them some food, they're like, all right, bet. <laughs> they're like, you good. <laughs> nah. All right. Well, that's good to know. Good to know. Now, um, as a personal note, hellhounds give off very, like, emo druid vibes. <laughs> so for all hey. of our, like, D&D lovers out there that are wanting to make a character... Make a druid inspired by a hellhound that talks like Jake from Adventure Time. (laughs) And do with that what you will. (laughs) I think it would be a great little character. (laughs) So now, if you're worried about becoming this pupper's next meal, don't worry. Because all you need to do is keep some salt, silver, and iron on hand. This will stop the creature dead in its tracks and may give you a few more minutes to try and escape. (laughs) All three. (laughs) Um, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, also, take a moment to get on your hands and knees and pray if one is chasing after you. It said they will change their directions and chase something else. Classic so the Costco cat. lady was on to something. She knew. She saw the demon dog. She's like the girl on the plane that saw something and called yeah. it out. You just got it. Everyone thought she was yelling at the giant inflatable Grim Reaper. Really, there was a hellhound in Costco. <laughs> She's like, bad dog. <laughs> yeah. Can you, yeah, can you just spray him with like a spray bottle? Like, like, get him to go away? I didn't read anything about holy water, but you know. Oh, I wasn't thinking holy water. I was just thinking, you know, like good old fashioned, like. <laughs> Honestly, I feel if you put holy water in a spray bottle, it, you could get rid of these. I feel that's a very I... safe bet valid option yeah (laughs) so now hellhounds are they good or bad um they are known to be the bearers of death but does that make them evil so 
These... In the words of Satan from Wreck-It Ralph, just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy, you know? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> or hail, hail Satan. <laughs> That's my favorite line. It's like, thanks, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the movie quotes because I forget them, and then you, like, jog the memories in me. Yeah. It's delightful. So these creatures were supposedly created by an ancient demon to serve as a herald of death. Being the bearers of death, they were assigned to guard the entrance to the underworld. So they can be associated with transit spaces from physical travel and movement. So think of like roadways, bodies of waters like rivers or ponds or gates or bridges. Okay. Or they can be associated with metaphysical transformation so, like, places where things pass from one life to another, like graveyards, execution sites, or even churches. So, with them being associated with death, they are considered a bad omen to most, but that does not mean they are evil. Many legends say that they are actually spirit guides that help guide people to the afterlife or protect them from danger. They have been known to show up to a person to inform them that a loved one will even be passing soon. So they give very Banshee energy. Yeah. And I don't think we've talked about Banshees, but they're my favorite. So I have added it to the list. (laughs) Um, Though they have to follow the orders of whoever their master is, that doesn't change the fact that sometimes they don't want to murder or tell others of death to come. Some legends say how these large dogs will look remorseful for their actions giving these typically scary creatures a kinder, more gentle appearance when they are remorseful about it. Which is really interesting to me. So whether they are really evil entities or just good ones that are doing undesirable tasks, these creatures have a lot more to them than meets the eye. Now, (laughs) another interesting fact about these creatures is how they've been associated with medical practices for centuries. So, traveling back to the Middle Ages, black canines constantly appeared in medical texts and were associated with many different illnesses. They were known to be able to predict the death of those who became ill. So, in one 18th CE French text, it was written one could determine if someone was terminally ill, like they were going to pass away, by taking a tick from a black dog, holding it in their left hand. If one presents this tick to the gravely ill person and the person towards turns towards it, death would soon be at their doorstep. So, like, if they look at the... Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to look... If someone, if someone sticks a tick to my hand, I'm going to look at it. <laughs> I'm not saying that this is a good practice. I'm just saying it's a practice. <laughs> I'd be like, ow, what did you just put on my hand? And then you look, and the doctor's like, well, he's a goner. He's a goner. (laughs) It's like someone pinches your hand, and you're like, ow, what the hell? And they're like, oh, that's it. (laughs) Sorry, Catherine. (laughs) Yeah, you got the look, man. Sorry. (laughs) So during the late 18th century to the early 2000s, uh, the black dog even became associated with depression. So... We don't hear it as much now. Like, you and I probably heard it a lot more when we were younger. But if one was having a bad day, 
or like we're being really moody or we're experiencing depression, it would be attributed to having a black dog on their back or worrying you at home. So it was just a phrase and that's what it ties to. So from predictions, that one you have like we don't hear it at all anymore but yeah not so much these days but yeah (laughs) now that people accept depression as a thing instead of saying you should just go on a walk you know like (laughs) yeah so from predictions of death to the explanation of depression these dark canines have always been a part of something dark in human lore Ooh, and now it is time for my favorite segment (laughs) Ryan, I have learned to black it out before I tell you to go to the notes. So this one feels like a slam dunk, right? Yeah, of course. Hellhounds and hell, but but I think this is my guess. It's gonna be something about how when people are close to death, they have like hallucinations and stuff, and I think that is science wow well did i nail it no matter what you would have gotten 50 percent. oh okay well then i'll take i'll take 100 i said both <laughs> you said both so i'll give it to you actually Ooh, i try to i try to make it a little tricky <laughs> light work o- only because you said both so that's the only way i'll allow that yeah so now if we're talking about hell and demons, you know the Catholic Church is going to have and say and what they of course, think is going yeah. on. Uh, the church is going to church is really what it is. True. <laughs> so during the Middle Ages, I like, side note, whenever you play church, that church sound, I like to imagine Camp Counselor Mothman <laughs> appears in the background and starts going so hard on it (laughs) like that's his passion is organ playing (laughs) i need to send you a video about organ. continue (laughs) okay so during the middle ages the church would spread the message of how hellhounds or any type of black dog wasn't actually a spiritual guide of people passing from one plane of existence to another but was actually the result of devils and witchcraft they said that these demonic dog spirits had the power to possess people and how if someone became possessed, they would act like a wild dog, sound like a hellhound, or communicate with dogs. So, I don't know if that's like they would bark talk with dogs, or they would just talk to dogs. But I think the barking would be more concerning than someone having a normal conversation, but hey, like... Slightly, yeah. Um, There are even legends about how the devil used black dogs as a vessel to talk to other people. So, but... But wait. It looks like science also has an explanation on what these demonic dogs really are. So, it has been dismissed that these dogs are nothing more than a dog roaming in a smelly area. The sulfur smell that may accompany these creatures is not a sign of hellish origins, but the result of hydrogen sulfids gas produced by the rotting vegetation of the wetlands, where many of sightings Uh-oh. take place. 
Plus, a lot of animals seen at night have a special reflective surface right behind their retinals, which result in a red or yellowish glow people report when seeing these hellhounds firsthand. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Like, yeah. if you didn't know that, like, animals' eyes glow at night, like, well, with, like, a light source, like, I could see how, like, a 1700s peasant would be like, yep. That's the devil. <laughs> the thing you need to remember too is these people, they didn't have eye doctors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can't see without glasses five feet yeah. in front of me. So if it smells bad and it looks like a giant dog and the and eyes, the eyes glow, are glowing, yeah. I'm gonna be like, it's a hellhound. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> so <laughs> But to me. I believe there's just too many sightings to simply dismiss any of the above answers. It's just there's too many of these around the world to just be like, oh, this is always the case. I do believe the science more in some cases, but not all of them. Yeah. So it's once you start seeing the horn and the fire breath and yeah. hear the... Maybe the dog just ate some really spicy Thai food. <laughs> Snuck into the Cheeto bag again. Uh. Yeah. Pablo loves hot Cheetos. He probably breathes fire afterwards. <laughs> Pablo is like beautiful chaos. And I love yeah. that so much. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Modern Takes with Ryan. Hellhound Edition. And this week, boy, oh boy, do I have some great news because I have undeniable video evidence of a hellhound from our boys over at Destination America. <laughs> um, you can see over on our slides at the top right, if you're looking on video. Um, yeah, so for the audio, so you can see the photo top right. For our video listeners, for our audio listeners, I'm going to do my best to explain the monstrosity that our video <laughs> listeners are seeing. So if you're listening, just close your eyes real quick. Um, if you're driving, just close one of them. Don't crash <laughs> or pull over. All right. So picture this. Picture a black bear that's about four feet tall. Are you picturing it? Okay, that's it because I'm... 99.9% sure this is just a black bear um, but as is tradition um, the camera was once again 10 pixels and um, but I will say the comment on the YouTube video was my favorite this is the top comment on this on the video I've always said if you want to avoid monsters carry a good camera with you because that's when they stay away. On the other hand, if you want to run into a monster, carry the worst resolution camera you can find. Um, which is just so true. So I'm going to use this modern take segment as an opportunity to once again beg on my knees to please, for the love of God, if you're a cryptid enthusiast, get yourself a camera or a phone that's not from 1887 so we can see some better photos of these bad boys. Um, but so on this slide, there's also a recreation, like a 3D rendering. Um, oh that's the bottom, oh my bottom left of the screen. Um, so anyway, so they go out. They're like, yep, there's for sure 
a hellhound on your property. So they go out to hunt it with what I believe is a BB gun pictured in the bottom right. I was going to say, that looks like a BB gun. (laughs) I'm confident it's a BB gun. And they find like uh, a porta potty type thing full of just like dead cows. Or like the remains of dead cows, um, which is pretty wild because I don't think that's black bear behavior. Yeah. Um, so maybe it was a hellhound, but then they're walking by some corn and then they hear some ruffling and they all lose their mind. And then they find like a paw print, which is pictured at the top right. Um, that's the highlighted version because the actual picture is literally just like a cat's paw. Um, so... Um, Man. The world may never know. Our friends at Destination America did their best. Um, unfortunately, due to the slow advances in modern cameras, um, we we just may never know. You know, the technology to capture accurate video is just not quite there yet. Man, I I absolutely love the actual photo versus the rendition yeah. because <laughs> yeah. it's like profile picture tag no no it's like catfish picture and then real picture it's so yeah dramatically different it's like like, i highly recommend everyone look up the video because it's like the screenshot i have it's kind of hard to tell but it's literally a bear like it's yeah man so that's what I got for modern takes with Ryan. I feel, you know, Ryan, when we get big one day, you just got to do a photography class. Yeah. <laughs> when we do, when we do the snipe hunting, which I am manifesting because we will do it. <laughs> I'm gonna put Vaseline on everyone's lenses though, and not tell them <laughs> all their photos are blurry. And I'm like, how, how did you not get a photo? <laughs> I'm going to have you run around in a field in a Bigfoot outfit. I'll be laughing too much. We'll get Edgar to do it. it. Get the photo. It's Bigfoot right there. And all of them were just blurry Vaseline photos. We'll get Edgar to do it because he skateboards. Perfect. Bigfoot's doing a kickflip. Get him. Take a photo. That would be the best thing ever. wow we we put too much energy into this i fucking love it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so just type in destination america hellhound for some just great great content (laughs) um they're they are honestly like fun guys like i do enjoy their videos but (laughs) this one was just it was too much i love i love their stuff no they're great this just is just how it is you know we have we have our episodes like yeah what is it chupacabra for president i feel it's yeah (laughs) or the beast of buscow like there's (laughs) listen as long as people are entertained you're doing your job that's all i can say (laughs) all right well we don't have any announcement (laughs) this episode right no um Except for These prevent are- Kimmy from having a mental breakdown by checking out alluringshop.com. Yeah, for all of our non-video listeners, uh, Ryan said that, which is true, I have had many sleepless nights making a lot of merch for the shop, and you know what? You should go get some of it. <laughs> That's all I ask. Please check it out. You know? Please <laughs> check it out. I have um, prints now. That's pretty neat. 
do uh, have plans. Um, um, we got Moon Mail on Patreon. Check it out to support us. Yeah. We have something coming soon to it, a revamp of something old. And that's all we will say now until we start recording for that stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. That's it. There's nothing else really. Yeah, sh- shop is the big one. Go check out the shop. Okay. Um, yeah, so alignment chart, takeaway, alignment chart, and yeah. then takeaways. Yeah. All right. Let's see. So for those who didn't see this at the uh, beginning when I had, when I screamed earlier, <laughs> um, so I just went pure chaotic neutral because they're dogs. <laughs> I feel like they don't really, like, let's say they are like, the devil's like hitman, you know, like they're not making that choice. They're just doing it. Right. Um, and if they are like the passenger to hell, they're also, they're just kind of vibing cause they're dogs. Um, right. the only one I'd put a little more towards evil is the one who went to the wrong church. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Uh, Oh, I'm writing that down. I thought of my, my takeaway from what you said. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, I hope I put, it's not mine because I have one. <laughs> I'm going first this time. No. <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> so, um, anyway, mine's is I did chaotic, but I did put a little bit more towards good only because I had a personal black dog experience in okay. my youth. Um, can I tell the story? I can tell the story quick. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, I, I lived up this so uh, where i lived we had the fairground which is down the street so you'd have to walk down two blocks and you would walk down a hill by the school and then you'd be at the park where the fairground was and me and my friend at the time the two of us we went down there and we were coming back way later than we thought and as we were coming back there's like this blurry like black dog creature that just like appeared and there was, like, this creepy guy that was, like, on the side of the road. And, like, he was coming towards us. And we're, like, two young high school girls. So yeah. I don't trust men already. And they're extra creepy at that age for many reasons. But the the dog just, like, appeared. Like, we, we saw the guy. We turned. And then we turned back around. And the dog was, like, in front of us, like, a good distance away. And then the guy, like, kind of, like avoided us because <laughs> he saw the dog and the dog was like walking us home essentially so like huh. we would stop and then the dog would stop and it would look back and it had like a glow in its eyes and then we would walk forward and walk forward like it was like a game npc where it always stayed the same distance yeah and then we walked for a while and we were like oh it's a dog like we wonder if it's lost right so we can never get closer to it and as we were just walking like under a street light like it got bright and like we closed our eyes and opened it and the dog was gone but oh wow i have proof it happened because i have a photo of it in my scrapbook so i'll put that in our discord but and it i hate it because it does look like a blurry photo but it was like a blurry (sighs) dog i promise you right And it just disappeared, and me and her were freaking out about it, because at the time, little Kimmy didn't believe in anything spiritual, so... Yeah. <laughs> and my friend did not either, so it was really spooky. 
but I put them more towards Weird. good because one walked me home and kept me and my friends safe from a creepy guy on the street. Yeah. So. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's super interesting. Yeah. I, he, he was like, like a big fluffy dog. Like it looks like it. I'll send a picture. Yeah. I huh. still think about it to this very day. Just a little blurry. Just a little blurry. So it wasn't even a camera setting. It was just a. Just, yeah, just the dog itself. The dog was oh, just that's super interesting. So, anyway, that's, it's not really scary. I think it was just a cute protection story. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, takeaways. I'm going to go first. I'm not even going to give you a chance. Yeah. Um, my takeaway is double check your hits. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> mine, mine was different, but the same. Mine was don't name your church similar to a church a couple miles away or else the hellhound might come for you <laughs> on accident but now i need a different one yeah now you, do. you know what you know what no I, I learned a lesson today maybe just maybe it's not that people suck at taking photos it's that the cryptids themselves are just a little blurry <laughs> it may not be your poor camera skills but the yeah. creature is just blurry <laughs> I feel like I grew as a person this episode. You say that, and then the moment you see another blurry cryptid photo, it's yeah, over. Probably. You're you're going right back. No, I'm a changed you're man. You're relapsing. I'm a Kim. I'm a change. I'm a Kim. I'm a changed <laughs> man. You just start to grow like red hair with. You made blade. me. Yeah. <laughs> you made me see the light. You know, the cryptids themselves are what's blurry, not not the shitty cameras. Oh, that's going to be a shirt right there. Uh, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. This has been alluring. Um, you just have the most alluring time you've you've ever had, all right? Um, go watch Barbenheimer in theaters July 21st. <laughs> and we'll catch you in the next episode. And that's all for this episode of Alluring. Thank you for taking a seat around the campfire and listening. If you want more Loring, go check out our website, Loring.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you have any questions, folklore, cryptid sightings, or urban legend you would like us to discuss, email us at alluring at gmail.com. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help support us and spread the word. Special thanks to Lane Hammonds for our music. If you'd like to show your support and have access to bonus content not posted anywhere else, visit our Patreon page today at patreon.com slash and help us keep the firewood burning. Bye-bye now.